been a couple weeks since I've been up here in front. Um, I, I got a chance to take a couple of, Jackie and I got a chance to jump on a plane and go up to Seattle and visit her parents in Seattle. They're getting to an age now where we want to spend as much time with them as we can. Both of them are in their 80s and we're just going to try to get up there, jump on a Southwest flight and get up there every once in a while. So we, we, uh, we, we went up there to Seattle to see them. Then we jumped on a plane and went over to Spokane and saw my parents in Spokane and, um, and my brothers came into town. And so we all, my dad, my brothers and I got to go play golf. In fact, here's a picture. Here's a picture of us. Um, throw that one up there, will you? This is a picture of us playing golf. That guy in the middle, he's 76. That's my dad. You guys, he shot 68 last week. Now, you guys that don't play golf, you don't know, that sounds like nothing. But you guys that do play golf, he's 76 and he shot 68. He still kicks our butt. Go back up there on that picture real quick because I got to make sure you guys know. The one on the far left is my twin brother. I'm the one next to my dad right there. And those are my other two brothers, okay? Um, but, But he has beaten us up on the golf course for 40 years. The guy keeps, you would think, come on, you're a dad. Let your kid win every once in a while. Miss the putt. And he doesn't. He drains the one on 18 and it makes us feel like crap because we lost again to him. Thanks a lot, dad. No, I love, I love bragging about my dad. 76 and he's shooting in the 60s still. It's ridiculous. He wins all the senior stuff up there in, in Spokane. Anyway, we had a chance. While we were there hanging out with my parents, Aisha and Maurice, they both started this series, Ascent 2.0, what a gospel-centered church looks like. Maurice kind of unpacked, this is the gospel. The gospel is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And then, and then what Aisha was getting into is God has given us tools within the good news of Jesus and his love for us and his forgiveness in our life and his, his declaration of life for eternity in our life, that he gives us tools to help us in walking through that. And Aisha unpacked the fact that he's given us this word and that this word is essential. It's part of what Ascent 2.0, a gospel-centered church. We're going, man, we want to make sure that everyone understands we're going to be looking at this word and we're going to humbly walk through it and humbly say, we, can't, we don't know it all. We haven't figured it all out, but we'll do our very best to walk through it together because this is the light into our past. And so she talked about that. Well, today I'm going to spend a little bit more time talking about another tool that the Lord has given us, the tool that he's given us to be able to speak to him and talk to him and that he would speak to us as well. I'm going to talk a little bit more about what about a gospel-centered church looks like around prayer, okay? Well, here's how we're going to get started with that though. I want to tell you about a, a kid that came to work for me and a guy named Mike Gaffney. The two of us were working up in Seattle doing college ministry. And this kid came from Colorado, of all places, and, and he came up there, and, and, and he had about three days before the start of his, of his um, job with us up there. And I told, I told some of you guys this story a long time ago, but here's what happened. Andrew gets up there, and he's, and he's a little bit of a bumbler, you know, and he, and he says, hey, one of the, just before we start the job, I want to go on a hike. And so he goes on this hike he's, it, it, to the base of Mount Rainier. He wants to go through the, the, the trees and the fun of the of base of Mount Rainier. So he goes on this hike. He starts off at around noon. And he hikes for about five hours, okay? So he's, he's now about five, about, it's about five o'clock, and he's realizing the, the sun is starting to go down. Well, something else he realizes. 
the, the trees in, in Washington are different than the trees in Colorado. The trees in Colorado, the sun can still shine through them. Well, in Washington, it looks a little bit more like this. I just went and found this picture. This is more of what a Washington forest looks like. There's a ton of Oregon grape all over the place on the ground, and the trees are a lot thicker. And so light doesn't get through them as easily. And so what happened to Andrew is he's five hours in, he starts coming back, and the light, it just it gets dark. And he says, he says at one point he's walking and he can see the path still, but then it was almost in an instant he said he couldn't see anything. It was pitch black. He said, I could not see my hand in front of my face. He said, I, I, I was trying to feel for the path with my feet, and that wasn't working. And so he said, the only thing I could think about doing was falling to my knees and feeling for the path. And so he dropped to his knees and he's feeling for the path. And he says, he says I'm feeling, I feel the organ grape and then I know I'm off the path. And so I'm feeling for the rock and I'm feeling for the, the dirt of the path. And he says, I kept doing that. He says, my mind was racing. What if a bear shows up? He says, he says I started thinking through that. He says, I was, there was a ton of fear. There was a lot of desperation. And he says, ultimately, he says, he says I'm, I'm frustrated at myself. He says, I'm disappointed in myself. Well, I know better than to do this. And he said, it was hours, hours on his knees. And then finally, in the distance, he could see the light from the trailhead where his car was parked, and he got up. And he said he got to his car, and he just hugged his car. He's like, I made it. I made it back. Man, Andrew shared that story with us over 20 years ago, and Mike and I still remember it today. And the reason why is he just described what every one of us go through all the time. I mean, maybe not crawling on our knees for 10 hours, but every one of us walk into this place today with parts of our life that we feel pretty, that it feels like we're in the dark with. Every one of us walk in here right now in the seats that you're occupying, you are bringing something that has brought you to your knees and going, I don't know what to do that has brought you to this place where you're a little bit afraid or that's brought to this place where you're disappointed in yourself for the decisions you've made. I mean, think about it. Any one of you with children, you know what this feels like. You know those times where you're just going, I just go, I'm, I'm in the dark about this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to parent. You read some book and you go, I guess I'll try that and that doesn't work very well. And you just kind of feel like you're in the dark around it. And sometimes you're even disappointed with yourself with how you're dealing with it. Jackie was saying she remembers this one day where she got so frustrated with one of our kids that she threw the, the Disney plastic Disney plates of Lion King into the sink and it busted it up. And the kids are like, you broke the Lion King plate. Okay, that's one of those moments where she's going, I was disappointed in the way I was handling it. I'm disappointed. And we know that feeling that just kind of just goes, man, I'm in the dark with this. I don't know. And just so you know, you know, if, you got your, if your kids are like second grade now, that's not the worst. <laughs> you, you got more coming. <laughs> it doesn't get any. It doesn't. I, we're, we're gonna feel, you're going to feel like you're in the dark all the way through. In fact, even when they're 26 <laughs> and you're going, um, are, should I give them advice or not? Do they want my advice or not? You're still kind of in the dark. But we all feel that way. We're bringing some of that here. For some of you, it's in your marriage. 
And you're kind of feeling in the dark when it comes to that. For some of you, it's, it's, your, it's your body. I mean, it's, it's, you know, Mo and I talk all the time about our diets and our, the roller coaster that we go on. And you just go, yeah, sometimes we're in the dark with it and we're disappointed with ourselves. Some of you guys are walking in with some debt and you're just going, yeah. I'm in the dark with what do I do about it. I know where I want to get to. You know, you're, you're, you're in the dark and you're going, I know the car is right there. And I want to get to the car. I know with my debt, I just want to get debt free. And you're disappointing yourself with it. So we're in the dark with it. Your future and what you're longing for in your future, I know what I'm longing for and I'm in the dark with it right now and I'm feeling for the path and I can't find it. We all have it. Today, each one of us brings it. Something that's part of us just going, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do. You guys, this is where the gospel meets us. The gospel isn't for the times that we're in, in, in great. The gospel meets us right here in our desperation, on our knees. The good news of Jesus that says, I love you here. I love you. Every one of you. This is the good news of Jesus says, I forgive you in these places. This is the good news of Jesus says, I walk with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. This is where the gospel meets us on our knees right here. It's the beauty of the good news of Jesus. And in this space, something else happens. Jesus says, and you know what? I want to talk to you here. I know you feel alone here. I want to talk to you, and I want you to talk to me here. He wants to communicate with us. A.W. Tozier writes it this way. He says, God formed us for his pleasure and so formed us that we, as well as he, can in divine communion, I love this, enjoy the sweet and mysterious mingling of kindred personalities. How weird is that? The, 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 the sweet and mysterious mingling of kindred personalities. He meant us to see him and live with him and draw our life from his smile. He wants to meet us right here in communication with him. We're talking about prayer in these spaces. Now, you guys, prayer, come on. Let's admit, prayer is, 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 is it's interesting. I think most Christians would say, most people that say, I believe in Jesus, would say prayer is very powerful. But when you think about it in your own life, is it? is it? Is it really powerful? Or is it what I'm supposed to do and I kind of do it and, and I'm not very good at it? I think most people would say prayer is essential. It's great that we're talking about a gospel-centered church with prayer. I want to be part of a church that prayer is essential. But is it essential? We are the church. Is prayer essential in our life? Or do we just go, well, I, I, every once in a while I pray at dinner. <laughs> is it essential prayer in our life? It's interesting. I think for most of us, we go, I think it's essential so long as somebody else is doing it because <laughs> they're better at it than I am. 
It's essential. Yes, for sure. But will you pray for me? Because for most of us, it's a, it's a hard one to wrap our, our arms around. I think there's a couple of reasons why. I think, one, we say we're not good at it, and two, we say it doesn't work. We say, well, I'm not good at it. There are people that will pray for a half an hour or an hour, and they'll fall just into the presence of God, and it's just this, this unbelievable, great experience. And, and you'll go, I pray, and 30 seconds later, I'm thinking about you know, the pop that I spilled in the cup holder on my truck, and I should probably clean that today. And, and then you go, what, what's wrong with me? I'm praying over important things. I'm spending time with God, and I'm thinking about the cup holder in my truck. You know, you're in the middle of praying, and you're right here, and you're just going, yes, Lord, I'm praying, but gosh, Locke looked awesome last night, and Bridgewater didn't. What is wrong with me? And so then what do we do? Will you pray for me? Because <laughs> I stink at this. That's what we do. Or we say it doesn't work. You've prayed for little things, and they've come and they come to fruition, and you've gone, well, yeah, of course, it was a little. But whenever, whenever it's a God-sized problem, and you've prayed for it, it doesn't come to fruition, what do we do? We just go, I just don't know if it works. I think it does work, but it works better for you than it does for me. Do you know how many people I've played golf with when they hear I'm a pastor? They'll say, oh, will you pray for me? Because you're better at it. You, it works for you. It don't work for me, but it works for you. If it worked for me, I'd be beating my dad. Let me just tell you. <laughs> it just doesn't work. And so I don't. If we're really honest, is that where a lot of us walk when it comes to our prayer life? And yet I think most of us would still say, I wish I could be better. I'm missing something. I see that in other people and I want that. I wish I could pray better. I wish I could understand it more. I wish someone would show me how. I think a lot of us would say that. 2,000 years ago, a group of guys were asking the same question. They looked around and they saw these religious leaders that were praying these elaborate prayers and standing in the street corners and praying it out to everybody. And they'd look at it and they'd say, I guess that's the way I'm supposed to pray. I guess I'm supposed to do what they're doing. But then they started to walk alongside a guy named Jesus. And they started to watch the way he prayed and they're going, wait a minute, it's, it seems so easy for you, Jesus. It seems so personal. You're not, you're not using a bunch of flowery words. You're not memorizing a bunch of words. You're just talking. And so they finally went to him and they said, will you please, I mean, think about the humility it took for them to ask the question. Teach us. I want to know how you do it. We're missing something. We're not good at it. I don't even know if I believe in it teach us. And Jesus says, all right, if you want to be taught how to pray, sit down and I'm going to teach you how to pray. And so he gets into it, you guys. And he says this, and I love this. He says right off the bat, he says, whenever you pray, he said, don't be like those people. <laughs> Do you see them and how you're trying to be like them? He says, don't be like those people. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners. So they may be seen by others. 
Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward. But he says, he says, but I tell you, they've received their, but whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. He's going, man, don't just pray just to show off. Now, is he telling each one of us right there, so you shouldn't pray in front of a group of people? I shouldn't have done that this morning. Or is he saying that we shouldn't, have, uh, uh, we shouldn't be praying, uh, you know, in your small groups? You shouldn't be praying uh, in your car on your way to work. No, he's not saying that. Jesus did that all the time. He didn't pray in cars, but he, he did that all the time. He's not saying don't do that, but he's saying, here's what I want you to do. And this is really important for what I'm going to tell you next. I need you to center yourself. I need you to slow down. I need you to think for a second before you step into this, to this prayer. I need you to think. And you guys, this might be the hardest teaching of all the things we do today. For some of you, you're going, I can't slow down at all. I got no space to slow down. You're going, I'm on my knees in the darkness trying to figure out my kids, and, and we got another fight today, and, 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 and you want me to slow down? He's going, yeah, yeah, I need you to slow down because I need you to hear what I'm going to say next. He's going to your room. And he says, when you are praying, don't heap up empty phrases. Don't try to impress God. I mean, you really think about it. He's going, God's already impressed by the fact that you've even come to him. You don't need to impress God with your fancy words. I mean, I think about that for, as a, when, when my, each of my kids were middle schoolers at one point. If they ever came to me in middle school and said, hey, dad, can I tell you about my day? Do you honestly think that my response would be, you, uh, you approached me wrong? What if my response would be, I'd like you to make this that a, a little bit uh, clearer of who you're talking to? He's not, God is so, God gets so excited about our, our stepping in to even talk to him. That come on, he's not looking for us to impress him. We can't impress him any more than what he already is impressed by us and how much he loves us. And so it's not about that, he says. He says, he says that's what the Gentiles, Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard because they're many words. Don't be like them. And then this, you guys, is the game-changing line. This is the game-changing line for any of you like me that have struggled in prayer in, your, in, your, in, in any time in your life. Listen to what he says here. This is big. He says, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. That's a game-changing line. That sounds like he just gave us permission to not pray. Right? If you were a, if you were a disciple and you were sitting there and Jesus says, hey, hey, God already knows what you're going to say before you even say it. Then wouldn't, if you were sitting there, say, Jesus, i got to ask you one quick question. Um, then why do I need to pray? If I'm not very good at this and you know what I'm going to say, why do I even need to pray? Right? But Jesus is looking at him and he's going, ah, I've got him right where they want him, right where I want him. Because in this moment, he's, he wants to share with them that maybe prayer is more than just going up to our cosmic vending machine, putting a quarter in and hoping something falls out. Maybe prayer is more than that. Maybe prayer is more than I'm on my knees and I just need to get back to my car. Jesus going, there's something far richer in this. There's something far more, far greater. He says, let me show you what it is. 
And he says this. He says, pray in this way. He says, our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. He starts it that way because he's going, I need you to recognize right off the bat how stinking personal this is. I need you to recognize that when you are going before God, you are going before your father. I need you to to think about it. And Jesus even uses the word Abba, which is more of like dad. It's, it's 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 even more informal. It's even more personal. He's going, he's going, when you go before God, remember, this is the God that so loves you, that knows you from the inside out, that knows what you want more than you know, that knows what you need more than you know. This is your father that you're going to. I want you to remember how personal this person is that you're speaking to. I want you to to remember that that he so deeply, deeply loves you. If you go to him with any other position, you're missing the greatest gift, this God that's so personal and loves you. Our father. And then he says, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He's going, now, as personal as he is, he's also God. Hallowed be your name. That, is, that, is, that, just, that word hallowed is, is revered. That word hallowed is honored. You are God. And so think about what he just set us up with. We could stop right there. He just set us up with just going, man, you are my father. You are my dad. You know me from the inside out. You love me from the inside out. And you are God. And I am not you're God. And you know me. And you know I want to get back to my car. And you know I want to get this debt out of the way. You know that my dating life stinks and I want to just find the right person to marry. You know that I, 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 you know exactly what I want, but you're my father. And you're God. And I'm not God. He wants us to step into prayer just recognizing that truth that is actually really, really good. And then, and then he says, he keeps going. He says, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's going, you're my father and you are God and I am not. And your kingdom come and your will be done. God, I know you love me. I know you know me. I know you are God, and I know that I sometimes think I am. And God, right now I want to surrender, and I am, your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. I'm going to step into your will. Show me your will. Annie Stanley's a pastor in, in Atlanta, and he says, the point of prayer is to surrender our will, not to impose it. It's not about moving God, but being moved by God. It's not convincing him to do our thing, but what would you want, what would you want, Lord? The whole rest of that that. that, that Prayer is still total surrender. 
Give us this day our daily bread. This is a bunch of Israelites that are praying this that can think back hundreds of years when they were, when, when they were wandering through the desert and God rained down manna on them, gave them their daily bread and the only way they could eat is because God made it happen and they're saying, God, we know you're in charge. We know that. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our trespasses, whatever which way you want to, you, you, you say it, but forgive us. The, take the things that keep me from seeing your will, that get in the way of that. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not in temptation because that's going to keep me from seeing your will. For that is the kingdom and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Put hanging a hat on that, saying, this is your, this is stepping into your will. Jesus going, man, step into prayer, recognizing that surrender is the very best place we can be. Because then we're sitting right in the heart of a loving Father that is also our God. And we see his will and we say, what would you want me to do in this, Lord? A couple minutes later, after he was done with that part of his sermon in this big sermon on the mount, he goes back and he says, now, don't worry about tomorrow. He's going, now, I know, let's go back to these things that you want to get back to your car. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. It's got enough worries of its own. He said, instead, do this. And he reiterates what he just said in the prayer. Seek first. Some of you guys know this. I can play it on the piano. Maybe I should. No, I can't. I, I, I learned it from my roommate in college. Seek first the kingdom of God and a right relationship with him. Seek first the kingdom of God. And then it says, and, and all these things will be added unto you. All these things will be added now, does that mean I'm going to answer all these things and you're going to get all your yeses? No, he's just saying, I remember I know what you're going to say before you say it. And when you're sitting there going, yeah, but I'm supposed to, I, I, got, I got this issue. I can't go this way, Lord. I got this issue. He's going, I know those are added unto you. I hear them. But seek first. Seek first. God, you are God and I am not. And you're my father and show me your will. What is your will in this world? And I'll step into that. That's what he's asking us to do. Now, now let's go back to this moment on the trail. And we're on our knees. And we're in desperation to get there. Let me, you guys, we have a choice right here. We can choose to invite God into this, into our helplessness. As O. Halsby in his book, Prayer, says, prayer is inviting God into our helplessness. We have the choice to pray here or to say, I'm not good at it. Or to say, he, it's not, it doesn't work. And let me tell you, in the 30 years that I've been doing full-time ministry, and in the time that I've been a Christian, let me tell you that, that 100% of the time that we do not pray, we stay. When we don't pray, we stay. Do we want to stay here in, this, in, this, in the darkness, in the disappointment, in the frustration, in the we're beating down ourselves, in the, in the loneliness? Do we want to stay there 100% of the time and we're not going to pray? We'll stay right there. What I've seen is that, is that some of the time, God actually lights this path right to the car, right where we want it. Some of the times that happens. But all of the time, all of the time, we bring it to the Lord, we surrender, all of the time he takes us on a journey. 
Every time we bring it to him, he takes us on a journey. Some of those times he will light up the whole thing and show you, man, this is, what, this is what's happening in my kingdom. Are you ready to step into it? Some of the times he'll take a flashlight out and he'll say, I'm just going to show you the next couple of steps. And it might not be the path that you thought you were going to go on, but I'm going to show you the next couple of steps. Some of the time you won't even see a light, you'll just feel a hand. And you might still feel like you're in the dark but you feel a hand walking with you. Some of the time, you'll be walking and you'll see it and God will reveal, this is my kingdom for, and this is where you're gonna step into this and you'll disagree. I mean, when Jackie and I, we so desperately at one point in our lives when we were down here in Colorado wanted to go back to Seattle and run the college ministry that led me to Jesus. And that Jackie and I worked in for our first couple of years and we made out in the hallways and the upstairs of the church up there. We, we, we wanted to go back to that place. And, we, and, we, and so, so we thought for sure that was what we're going to do. We're praying, God, we're, we, this is the, we want to just show us that path that gets us to that car. And God's going, man, your kingdom come, your will be done. You are God. And I'll tell you what, if he would have taken us down that path, we wouldn't have been doing our dream job, which is right here, sharing life with you guys. We wouldn't have been here for sure. Did we fight it? Did we argue it? Did we say, God, I don't think you uh, do know what you're doing? Absolutely. We said that a lot of times. But God's going, I am your father, and I'm going to take you on a journey. And that journey is an our father journey. That journey is a hallowed be thy name journey. That journey is a your kingdom come and your will be done journey. It's the journey he wants each one of us to walk in and to enjoy, enjoy communicating with him and seeing that. When I, when I think of those people in this church, then we have some fantastic people. We have people, we had a group of people that were praying for ascent before ascent ever started. There were six of them that just said, we're just going to be praying for a sin. Some of you don't even come to our church, but they've just been lifelong friends of ours that said, we're going to be praying. And we've had prayer people here at this church that have been praying since the beginning, since we started, and they've continued to pray through. We've got a prayer team that is just a, such a dedicated group of people. I tell you what, when I look at our prayer people and the people that are good at it, here's what I see. There's a peace about them. There's a piece about them because they just know, man, we are stepping right into wherever God wants us to go. There's a peace about them. There's a thankfulness about them. There's one lady, she's in her 80s, Jerry Powell, and, 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 and I just love listening to Jerry pray because there's such a thankfulness in her prayers. And she has gone through all kinds of hard stuff in her life too, but there's a thankfulness in her prayers because when she prays, she's just going, God, I get to do this with you. I get you are my father that knows me and you are my God that, that knows what's best for me and I am going to step into your will. There's a thankfulness in that that she can't help but just share when she prays. There's a thankfulness that I see. There's an expectancy that I see. People that are praying, that are good at it, they expect something. They don't necessarily expect that, that I'm going to go down this path. 
They just expect that I'm going to be on a journey. And there is a persistence. They just keep going. It's funny, Jesus just says, man, just keep praying. Keep knocking. He even shares about this widow that said, man, I'm just going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying. And God's finally going, okay, okay, I got it. There's a persistence in their prayers. In fact, Mo and I were talking about this, and Mo said this. I even wrote it down. I don't think he even knew that I wrote it down. I just wrote it down. I said, he said this. He says, what if we were a community of ordinary people? What if we were a church of ordinary people that just kept knocking, just kept seeking? We are using the tools that God gave us and honored it. You invited us to access the throne, and in that posture of submission, just seek and knock over and over again. What if we were that type of community? And I'm just, I'm not, as he was saying that, I'm going, and just, I'm just kind of typing it out going, I'm, oh, oh, that's good. Mo actually didn't say that. I said that. So, um, <laughs> you guys, that's why we hired Aisha. Some of you are wondering, well, we have a prayer pastor? Aisha and I sat down one time and we were talking about how, just how gifted she is. And she's such a gifted communicator. And she's so good with our high school students. And she's so good with our college students. There's so much about Aisha that it's just so gifted to do ministry. But when I was sitting with her, I'm going, but Aisha, you know what I love more than anything else? I love your approach to prayer. It's inspiring how you approach prayer. You look at it and you say, man, I'm just going to step into this journey wherever it's going to take me. And you know what? I'll even ask what, you, what, what we want. But we know that we're going to step into the journey with the Lord and he's going to take us. And I said, Aisha, you are so good with that. I'd love for you to just, just do that as, as a primary part of your job. But you know what I said? I said, Aisha, if you were in an all-black church, you'd probably be hired as a prayer pastor. And then we looked at each other and we said, well, why not? If this is an essential for us, and it's not for one person or one team to be doing all the praying, but for each one of us to learn how to do it, and each one of us to learn what it looks like to step into it and for us to embrace it and for us to actually see it as a great tool and a joy for us to step into prayer, then why not? And I love what Aisha's already done as, in, as a prayer pastor for us. You guys, our ultimate goal as a church is for when someone walks up to you and, and asks you, does prayer work? Does prayer work? I would hope every single one of us, our answer would be different than it maybe has been in the past. That we'd say, of course it works. Of course it does. Because in my darkness, in my helplessness, in my frustration or disappointment or hurt or wherever I'm at, God invites us to spend time with him and for us to come to him as dad and for us to recognize that he is Lord and for us to surrender it all to him. Does it work? If I get on that journey, yeah, yeah, it works. Sometimes I even get what I want. But every time I get what I need, because God meets me there and takes me on that journey. Can we be a church that is centered on that relationship? 
Father, I pray that, 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 that each one of us, we, we come with our own journey of prayer. We each come with our own really good and really hard and all of the in-between that comes with it, God. I just love picturing you right now just looking at each one of us like a middle schooler saying, can I tell you about my day? You love that. We are so thankful that you give us this this interaction that we can talk to you. We pray, Lord, that you would work on our hearts to a place of surrender and that we would trust in that place of surrender that you love us, you know us, you are God and we are not. Show us your will in this world and God, we want to respond to that. Help us, Lord, to walk in prayer with a joy and a thankfulness and an expectancy. We'd be persistent in it. We thank you that you hear us and you speak to us. Teach us, continue to teach us what that means for us in our life. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.